Automated Podcast. Welcome to Automated. I'm your host, Mark Verbenkov, and in this weekly podcast, we will be exploring the impact of emerging technology on jobs, society, as well as us, with business and technology leaders, researchers, and independent professionals across the world. Okay, so Happy New Year, everybody. Hope that you all had a nice Christmas break and got some quality family time in, and are, of course, looking forward to hearing about automation and the future of technology in 2022. So personally, my holiday break lasted a little bit longer than expected. This was mostly due to uh, having several friendly but very intense discussions uh, with my family and some close friends on COVID, vaccines, and many of the worries on kind of both sides of the argument. Though, of course, this is not relevant at all for the topic of the podcast, uh, one interesting discussion around the technologies used uh, against or for citizens, depending on which side of the argument you take, uh, during the last two years did come up. And I think I'll have a future uh, podcast focus on this directly. But for today's episode, I think a quick review of some of the more important trends or even kind of newsworthy events from the previous year as it relates to automation and its impact on all of us, is really the best way to kick off this year. So to start off, let's look at Xenobots again. So this is a topic that I brought up uh, in a previous episode, and it was really the story that kicked off in 2020 when it was first announced that a new life form was created by the researchers at the University of Vermont. So for a very quick recap, if, uh, if you haven't heard about these or if you didn't listen to the previous episode, uh, Xenobots are novel living machines. And they're neither kind of a traditional robot, nor are they a known species of animal. Kind of a new class of artifact, a living programmable organism. And some of the things that uh, can be proposed or that are proposed that they will be doing in the future are kind of delivering medicine to specific areas or cleaning up microplastics from our oceans and maybe even scraping plaque from our arteries due to their uh, extremely small size and the ability for them to kind of move around and, of course, access more traditionally uh, difficult-to-reach places. However, in late 2021, it was released that these life forms could now reproduce, quote-unquote, through essentially a new form of reproduction that is different from plant or even animal reproduction. And it is called kinetic replication. And it only happened rarely with some of these xenobots. So they were able to find tiny stem cells in a petri dish that was placed there by the researchers. And what happened was the xenobot would be uh, floating around and it would gather hundreds of these tiny stem cells. And a few days later, the bundles of cells actually became new xenobots. Um, so though, of course, this is still very early days for this technology, it has brought about a lot of concerns uh, that not only that this is actually possible, but also that DARPA has partially funded the work. So I think it'll be a definitely an interesting technology to track over the next coming years and really see if it will play more of a civilian or an environmental role as uh, the researchers initially claimed or if it'll be used for more militaristic roles in the future. 
But uh, we can move from the very small to the very big, and next we can have a look at spaceflight and specifically how automation has been impacting spaceflight. So for the first time ever in 2021, a non-rocket-powered flight has actually been achieved on a planetary body other than Earth. So NASA's Ingenuity helicopter, which was part of the Mars 2020 mission, completed its very first flight on Monday the 19th of April. So the vehicle lifted off and flew for about 40 seconds by itself on the Martian landscape. So Ingenuity's purpose was to prove that such an object could fly in the thin Martian atmosphere and has gone on to do several more flights since then and even more are scheduled for this year. Now, not all flights are just a few seconds. Uh, actually, in one of its most recent excursions, it lasted a total of 30 minutes. So one of the ideas is that uh, as the rovers are driving around the Martian landscape, these uh, small drones would be able to um, fly out uh, for extended periods of time to kind of map out the environment before the rover actually gets to it and maybe even pick up some things that the rover wouldn't be able to see from its on-the-ground perspective. And similarly, the Perseverance rover, where the Ingenuity docks to, is of course driving by itself and it's doing so using a powerful auto-navigation system called AutoNav. Um, and one thing that's actually quite interesting is that this system is significantly better than in previous rovers. It's actually enabling Perseverance to hit a top speed of about 120 meters per hour compared to its predecessor, which is uh, Curiosity, which only covered about 20 meters per hour. So there's a significant advantage that these newer rovers have, which will ultimately allow them to uh, explore and investigate much more than previous missions. And then finally, of course, something from SpaceX. It wouldn't be a complete list talking about uh, space exploration if at least SpaceX wasn't mentioned once, right? So um, the most important thing that came out of SpaceX this year, in, in my opinion, as it regards to uh, autonomous vehicles and automation in general, is of course the landing and takeoff of SpaceX's Starship, which is the 100-ton spacecraft that SpaceX and many people across the world are excited for as it has a significantly larger capacity than other spacecrafts before it. And personally, one of the more interesting ideas that can come about from using Starship is with its uh, much larger capacity is to bring heavy machinery to destinations in space, uh, which definitely fits into kind of this uh, growing idea of mining asteroids in the future, which could bring about significant resources, opportunities, and of course wealth back to Earth. And uh, not just mining, but also there are ideas of having these sample return missions to the moon and even to Mars, where significantly larger quantities of rock could be brought back to be studied on Earth to get a much better idea of what actually is uh, not just making up these bodies, but also you know how we could integrate some sort of different uh, moon and Mars bases, which is what the space industry keeps uh, thinking about and keeps proposing as future plans uh, in the next uh, several years and decades. So next we can look into the artificial intelligence space and over the past year there was a lot of movement with regards to language models. So in the past I've brought up and talked about GPT-3 which is the third generation of OpenAI's 
general purpose language algorithm. And it, uh, it uses machine learning to generate amazing human-like text, answers questions, and translates text on demand. Uh, there's an entire episode on that if uh, you're not familiar and you're interested in uh, GPT-3 and OpenAI's work. However, in 2021, what was quite interesting with regards to the uh, language model space was that new players are coming out onto the space in order to compete or improve on what OpenAI had initially provided through their GPT-3 language model. Uh, most notably, of course, is uh, Microsoft, who had the exclusive license with OpenAI's language model, but they've now partnered with NVIDIA, and they've introduced uh, two different language models, one called Deep Speed and another one called Megatron. And both of these, uh, they're claiming, are actually larger and more powerful than the original OpenAI uh, language model. And uh, beyond them, there's also the uh, competitor of NVIDIA. It's called Samba Nova, and many others are expected to enter the space in 2022. So it'll be interesting to see uh, many of these uh, language models being provided by other companies and maybe even become cheaper for uh, average users to use as time goes on. But before that happens, it's actually quite interesting to note that there were also a number of open source alternatives that came out. I'll have a link in the description of the show notes if uh, anybody wants to check it out, because you could start using the open source alternatives uh, even today. However, uh, I don't think that there would be as many services connected to it as the paid alternatives would actually provide. But we can now move on from artificial intelligence to both the metaverse and uh, something specifically within robotics. Now I've touched on these in previous episodes and actually dedicated entire episodes to these before, so I'll only just mention them here. But if you did want further information on this, uh, the metaverse is looked at in episode 85 and in episode 83, I touch on nurse robots that are actually replacing human nurses as it's specifically related to the uh, COVID vaccine mandates that were uh, eliminating a number of different kind of occupations or people within the occupations uh, that didn't want to get the COVID vaccines. So those were two other kind of large trends that happened this year. Um, as it relates to the metaverse, of course, Facebook changed its name to Meta. And it was really promoting the idea of the metaverse being kind of the next online medium through which uh, society will be communicating in the several years or one to two decades uh, to come. Um, and this specifically touches on the ability for many people to work remotely. Uh, so not only will it just be with uh, kind of a keyboard, mouse and monitor in the next several years, you'll actually be using some form of um, virtual reality goggles or the augmented reality goggles that will be coming out in the next couple of years to support the remote working opportunities that many of us have been um, either forced to or have chosen to uh, continue throughout the entire pandemic. Um, and then, of course, the uh, nurse robots, uh, it's just another aspect of automation coming in and taking maybe not the entire job of nurses, but certainly offering specific aspects of jobs. Uh, but again, as I said, uh, you can check out episode 83, which has uh, an entire uh, 10 to 15 minute discussion on what happened there. So we can move on to the last industry here that uh, will be looked at, and that is autonomous vehicles and self-driving cars. And most notably, of course, to start off with, we have Tesla's full self-driving capacity that has continually been updated throughout the past year, though it is still not 
at a full level five autonomous vehicle capability. It has, of course, drastically improved uh, the ability of the car over the last year. But I think more interestingly is the kind of newfound focus on autonomous trucking and specifically uh, freight as compared to the typical uh, urban vehicle or the kind of autonomous taxis that have been in the news and so focused on for the past several years. So in very late 2021, uh, there are two leaders in the autonomous trucking industry, and that is Aurora and TU Simple. And they've actually generated significant amount of interest because the argument was made that it actually might make more sense to automate trucking than uh, typical urban vehicles because it can be done faster as the routes are much less complex than what you would find in the center of a city. Uh, On the highways and in the transit routes that trucks normally drive, there are very few vehicles and uh, fewer obstacles and fewer people walking around, uh, which makes the uh, autonomous trucking industry much more Uh, Maybe not more exciting, but certainly more feasible. And this is what has been generating a lot of interest. And coupled with this, Aurora actually started a commercial freight pilot in late 2021, where they were transporting goods for Uber Freight in Texas. And it'll be interesting to see how this progresses over the coming year and whether the tests are successful and the vehicles will actually be implemented in real use cases as compared to just the testing operations that they are being used right now. So with that, that ends the tech highlight uh, list of 2021 as it relates to automation technologies and the different kind of sectors that were uh, looked at. I think that 2022 will be, of course, another very interesting year as we can expect several of these technologies to move forward and have significant impacts in both of our lives, jobs, and society as a whole. I also have a number of very interesting guests that I'm excited to discuss with and share the conversations over the next several months. Um, and might even have a significant change in the podcast in uh, the next couple months. But we'll see what exactly happens with that, and I'll definitely discuss that in the podcast as time moves on. But that's it for this episode. So I hope that you uh, agree with most of the highlights that I brought uh, to this episode. And if you think that I missed something, or if you disagree with uh, one of the points that was brought up, uh, please let me know. I'm always curious to hear what uh, you guys are thinking uh, as it relates to both the technologies, but of course the podcast as a whole as well. So thanks for listening and until next week where I'll be looking at some of the more problematic technologies that have come out in 2021, specifically as a result of the pandemic and some of the more uh, stringent regulations that have come out in the different countries across the world. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast and the conversations here, the best way to do this is to go onto Apple Podcasts and leave a review as it helps the algorithm to reach out to new listeners and brings the show to them. Also, feel free to check out the website, automatedpodcast.org, where you can find the show notes for each episode, written articles on the themes of the podcast, and a library of resources on the topic of emerging tech and automation. Also, if you want to reach out and leave any feedback or you have any questions about the podcast or any of the conversations, there are general contact links such as email, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. for you there on the website. And finally, for those of you that want more than just an audio conversation, the video recordings are now going to be up on YouTube for the newer conversations. So feel free to check out the videos 
by searching for Automated Podcast on YouTube, where, of course, you can like and subscribe if you prefer to support the podcast that way. The Automated Podcast.